Welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast brought to you by Work Nicer. This is the last episode in the election series, and on this episode, Alex and I sit down with Cornelia, who's running for council in Ward 8. Hope you enjoyed our election series, and remember to get out and vote on Monday, no matter who you're voting for. Welcome to another episode of the election series of the Work in Progress podcast. My name is Alex, sitting here with my good friend, Ernie Sue, and today we are chatting with Cornelia. Uh, Ernie, why don't you take it away first? Yeah, Ernie Sue from the Alberta Hospitality Association, Trolley 5 Community Brew Pub. Actually, Cornelia, are, are you aware of, of what Work Nicer does here? or? No, this is the first time I've been here, and I'm really excited to learn about what you do here at Work Nicer. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Work Nicer, uh, it's Alberta's largest or number one co-working community, so there's five outposts here in Calgary, one in Edmonton. And so uh, it's 900... 950 or so members strong representing you know hundreds of small and medium businesses and so this is a place where people can you know get out of the house get out of the coffee shop go somewhere else to work but more importantly this whole journey of small business and entrepreneurship and remote work as we all learned is pretty freaking lonely sometimes and so this is a place where people can connect and uh, go through the journey together and celebrate the wins and work through the struggles and so um, it's in, in a lot of ways as a company, a lot of people think that we are in the real estate industry, but ultimately we're in the hospitality industry, which is also why Ernie and I have teamed up to do this because, uh, as I'm sure, you know, Ernie is the president of the Alberta hospitality association. And, uh, I'll let you speak to that. Well, I mean, for, for myself, hospitality associations already, you know, pretty evident, but you know, with this new council coming up, it's really going to come down to retaining, you know, our talent, our young talent that's yep. out there. And, at work nicer here at these five locations between Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, it's all entrepreneurs, right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's important not just for small business, but it's important for residents too, to understand that there has to be a bridge between both, um, coming out of this election. That's in, you know, just a couple of days. So, uh, thanks for coming, Cornelia. We're, we're pretty pumped. So ward eight, uh, why don't you give everybody uh, out there a little update on the boundaries of ward eight and uh, what ward eight covers. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with Ward 8 in terms of the geographics of all of the communities that form Ward 8, which is super amazing, it's a very diverse uh, ward, uh, we, by parameters, are we are the farthest south at 50th Avenue. We are the farthest west at 37th Street, mm-hmm. extending just a bit into Ross Carrick. That would be the farthest uh, west community, but uh, effectively 37th Street is the boundary there. Um, to the north, we are at 10th Ave. And to the east, we are at McLeod Trail, basically. Okay. So everything in the middle. Wow, what Everything award. in the middle, yeah. What a ward. Yeah, very important ward, right? It's it's regarded a lot of the time as the number one ward or the like hand-in-hand with Ward 7 in terms of businesses, residents, uh, downtown density, the, the whole bit. So yeah. how's the election been going so far? So far, so good. I mean, really, I you know this. I was the first to file my nomination forms back in January. I've been working on my campaign since the fall. Hmm. I, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, I've been at this for a really long time. I'm so excited for these last few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't even believe the elections on Monday. Oh my gosh, three right? days away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. So let, let let's get to the to the guts here. You know, um, Everybody that that knows you knows that or has done their research knows that you're a business owner on on 17th, right? Uh, really prominent, great clothing store. But how I, I think what everyone out there needs to know in the last few days here is what is what's your platform and stance for the residents in those areas, the communities? Like, how are you going to look at bettering these communities? I know that 
you know, we were at the town hall the other day, and I thought I thought all of the candidates did a great job. Um, but what surprised a lot of people there, especially from the community associations, is your stance on community. So why don't we touch base there first? Yeah, absolutely. Thank that's that's great. I love to talk about communities. Communities matter to me, right? When I've been uh, campaigning this whole time, I've really uh, taken a lot of time, energy, and a commitment to really learning the values of the communities and the residents of the ward. So I've been door knocking, of course, this whole time and really understanding what matters to you. Because ultimately, that's that's what the role of city council is, right? It's public service. It's, it's serving the communities that you represent. So uh, the top three areas that I've identified consistently throughout the ward that really matter have been density and development, taxes, whether that's residential or business tax or both, and economic recovery, including small business. So those have been the top three consistent priorities throughout the ward, hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I saw, it, you know, at the town hall, developers um, were at that town hall, um, some d- developers that have done some great development within the community. Uh, and I, I loved your answer there. I mean, l- let me ask you again, you know, um, when it comes to the development, because this is coming from a lot of citizens inside the Ward 8, right, is there's been too much development going on. There's not enough parking. Uh, you know, quality of life is going downhill. What's your stance on more residential development, you know, like tearing down one house and turning it into a fourplex or a sixplex? What, you know, how, how do you feel about that? Well, consistently, again, right, residents are reasonable. People who live in their communities are really reasonable. And I think they're not really being given the credit that they deserve for mm-hmm. really being informed and engaged in these, you know, in development uh, permitting through other communities. And so what I know is that the the main concern has come from this. They Residents just feel like they don't have a voice, right? I mean, that's hands down, that's just been consistent. Um, I would tend to agree in a lot of the cases, they really have effectively been shut out, right, of mm-hmm. any consultation. So it's not about no development that's not the attitude the attitude is actually quite the opposite it's we want an opportunity to participate in the way this development comes into our communities so it's Mm -hmm. the what and the where they want a chance to have a say in that and i think that's super fair and very reasonable right like these are people who who are stakeholders effectively in their communities they've invested whether it's in a home they've invested in uh they've been living there for maybe two years maybe 25 years but they've invested their time and their energy into their community. And we have to really value and respect that too. So there is a balance to be found. Uh, we just have to really be at the table willingly and openly with everyone. Mm. So for the residents, I mean, what have you heard from the residents in Ward 8 on what needs to be improved? Is it more playgrounds? Is it crime? Is it more improvement of the roadways, back alleys? Like, what have you heard on your door knocks? Pretty much all of that. That's really, that's really, I mean, really, right? I mean, residents, residents say the same thing, right? It's like, oh, you know, my, you know, this street needs repair. I mean, and and true, right? We, we have infrastructure needs ongoing, right? Whether it's like road services that need repair and those types of things, Um, you know, specifically throughout, as we talked about the other night, right? We talked about Marta Loop. We talked about 33rd Avenue in particular. I mean, that has become a very congested, uh, you know, roadway for, for, cars so we have a we have a concern there cars cannot move um, easily uh, through the through 33rd Avenue um, but also again we've got concerns for pedestrians right because they feel and we've seen some incidents now where they're feeling somewhat unsafe because there's been you know there's a lot of frustration right drivers uh, are yeah, frustrated it's, it's chaos 
It is. You know, we we don't have a proper uh, bike lane or anything for folks who maybe want to do cycling through the, like we just, we need to really work on those pieces, right? That That's a real, I think, critical piece that's missing in the infrastructure in, in Martaloop specifically. Um, but in general, I mean, I think that, you know, folks feel, they feel, you know, reasonably happy with the communities. They just always want to see things improve. And I, and I think that's great too. So, I agree. I think it, it's a neat ward. People seem generally happy in the areas, and this is very anecdotal, obviously, from my perspective. Now, but you also have a good chunk of downtown, right? And so if we want to shift the convert or no? No. It's like since the boundaries rezoned, uh, downtown is really effectively Ward 7. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah right. so cut, ward, cut eight, yeah. ward 8 is now really just Beltline. It would be our cutoff, right? So am I looking at, oh, I must be looking at current, the current map. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, we can cool. we can talk. No, we can Belt, talk downtown. Well, Beltline's great too. No, yeah. we can talk Beltline. Like both Ernie and I run businesses that are in the Beltline, yeah. and so you know, what is it? You know, so man, because that's a very different conversation than you know, generally happy-go-lucky residents, right? Right. So, what's what are you hearing? What's the scoop? You know, and and obviously you've had a business there too, and so yeah. you know, where are you at on that? For the Beltline specifically, what mm. am I hearing from residents? So in general, I'm hearing a lot of concern around um, housing needs, homelessness, uh, mental health crisis with uh, folks you know, on the streets, not having places to go, not having safe places to be. Um, but sort of in general, how that's impacting folks that do also live in the Beltline. So really trying to find a way forward um, and talking a lot about the safe injection site. That's that's come up quite a few times. With so what's me. your stance on the safe injection site? Well, I mean, this is a tough one, right? Because we have to work with the province. I mean, mm. it's Alberta Health Services is really going to, you know, lead the way in terms of providing service and, you know, health care for residents of, you know, Calgary and Alberta. Um, but it's tough because we've got folks that do need care, uh, but we have residents that were assured that this, you know, this safe injection site in this community was not going to have negative impact or would be mitigated as best as possible to have the least amount of negative impact to their daily lives. And the stories I'm hearing, the emails I've been receiving, um, so, doesn't speak to that. Yeah, it, it, it. I mean, this is one of the questions that has come up through our channels for mm-hmm. you is, is, I mean, where is your stats? Is it that the safe injection site should stay there or should it be moved? I think it could be moved. I think we could be better serving our, uh, you know, our our vulnerable population with the safe injection site being near a place that would function to better serve them in terms of housing. So maybe closer to the drop-in center, for example, mm-hmm. might make better sense uh, because we have folks that are kind of already vulnerable and maybe need that care more accurately over in that community. It's just an idea, but certainly I think that there are, I think we could really look at some, at some options, right? Mm-hmm. About how we can do, how we can do better. And then what about on the mental health side of things? Because I think I, I honestly feel like it's not being talked enough about. Like, what resources or plan do you have moving forward to uh, better the issues that are happening on the mental health side of things, both in resident and business? Right. Mental health crisis right now, I think specifically with COVID. I mean, we've seen it with our youth. We've seen it in the workplace. We hear it in our healthcare. You know, it's everywhere, right? We are all really struggling. So, I mean, again, we need to, we need to, 
we need to better fund it. I think that this is actually over the last few years specifically, we've seen a greater need for care and a greater need, you know, a greater need for outreach programs. So something that I recently talked about, right, for me specifically, like caring for vulnerable Calgarians is our obligation in society. Like I don't, I don't view that as, you know, just a political moment. Like that is something every day, all of us are responsible to do. So you're not just a business owner that sells designer jeans. Correct. That is correct. No, I really care, right? I care about people. I do. Fundamentally at my core, I just really care about people. Mm -hmm. And I do really believe that even campaigning, it's great, you know, that, you know, I can, I can have a platform here to talk about these things, but regardless, every day of all of our lives, we need to be seeing what we can do to help each other out, right? That's just important. Um, But what something I did talk about recently on my campaign was that, um, you know, we have to really, so I'm data-driven, right? That's that's really who I am. I'm, I'm really about looking at all the facts, you know, full scope, let's see what's going on. So we really have to take a look at what we've been doing already, right? Like what are the organizations? What are the working groups? What have we been doing? How have they been working? What is successful what's not successful and how do we start to move forward i'd love to see more collaboration between organizations that offer support services mental health support services um working in greater collaboration with each other i think that we could do better work if if there are organizations that sort of cross over and do the similar work maybe they could come together and do better work and deliver uh better outcomes for for calgarians so that's something i've been i've been talking a lot about i love that so how do you see that actually playing out day one or or maybe not day one but you know how do you what do you see like how do you see that actually working as soon as possible. I mean, yeah. really, right? It's it. We know we know we're we're in crisis mode, right? So we have to really get we have to get to hard work on that really quickly. And it really is getting a, a working group together. It's evaluating and it's starting to figure out how are we going to move forward in this area. And I don't. I really don't think it needs to be more complicated than that. We yeah. can just start to make the evaluation, right? Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ernie, you have run a business on Seventeenth Ave for a really long time, and you were. Uh, obviously engaged in the in the BIA, but also you know um, at, at the government level, mm-hmm. and at times had, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but didn't necessarily have the greatest relationship with City Hall. Well, I think I, I mean with every business in Cornelia, I'll probably attest to this. There, I mean, the lack of engagement, and I mean that's that's. I'm glad you're bringing this up because. I know all the businesses within that ward on 17th Avenue want to know um, how you, you know, how you propose to handle the upcoming sidewalk project that's supposed to happen again in May. And if uh, if you're even aware that uh, the city's trying to circle back to do the sidewalks and the roads again. So I'm aware in a limited capacity. I've been mm-hmm. trying to keep up because again, I mean, we go, and so Ernie and I would go way back on this, right? Because, you know, we both been business owners on 17th Avenue for so long. We had a previous uh, director who was actually probably initially involved in those early days conversations, right? With the city about how this was going to take shape because we knew the services needed to be done. It's long overdue for that. Uh, and how we were going to mitigate, you know, impact to, to businesses. And so I think because we sort of early days didn't have that consistent engagement with the business owners of 17th Avenue, I think we lost a lot of valuable time. And so I think moving forward in those early days, that was really just a bit of a mess. And so by the end, I feel there was a good pickup in terms of just like really getting the work done, but you're right, it wasn't finished and now it has to be. And so I, 
I can speak for myself and my business again, we have not been consulted at all. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been an opportunity for us to bring our ideas forward Mm -hmm. about how we could do, you know, a better job of serving not just the business owners, but the community, right? I mean, this is a very busy pedestrian street. So so I'll I'll address that, like a question for you coming from the businesses on 17th and, and that pay uh, the highest commercial property tax, which is so crucial for the city revenue center right now. Um, you know, they want to know where your stance is. It should the sidewalks be put off for three to four more years to give businesses a chance to recover, or should they be done immediately right now to try to get this done and out of the way? Well, I'm going to say this. I, I want to know what the business owners say. Mm-hmm. Because I think uh, uh, ultimately that's what matters the most, right? Mm-hmm. If we have an idea how to move forward in a way that's going to work for everyone, that's what we should do. So it's really not what I believe. It's what the community believes is the best way forward. And mm-hmm. I think having an opportunity again to just really have that conversation. We all, we all know what, we all know what the, the community looks like, right? We know what our traffic patterns look like. We know what our highs and lows of our seasonal sales look like. Like all of those things we understand fundamentally because we are there every day. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's who should actually have impact and opportunity to uh, influence how construction projects move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would start. What is the what what do the businesses say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, you know, work nicer, entrepreneurs, uh, small business to even medium sized businesses. You know, what's your plan um, moving forward to help retain our youth talent? You know, if we talk about that. Not even all the way to 19 to 32 year old that you know 35 year old that that talent that that seems to be leaving our city right now what would be your plan to try to keep them here so again right we talked about this the other night just briefly at uh at the debate but uh certainly for me uh, having the opportunity to chat a little bit more about is great uh because i you know i i'm a parent right my kids are teenagers they're definitely thinking about university now where are they going to go what's that going to look like but i want them to see a place here for them right at the end of the day do they see work here so my my plan is pretty simple um i think that we need to really champion calgary calgary for the amazing relative affordability for the talent pool that we have here for the opportunity to um you know have investment in our city because we do have office vacancy rates that are you know pretty they're ready to make deals right they're ready to get people in so right i think that that's really part of it but what i also know from conversations with that sort of 20 something person is why they don't see themselves here isn't just necessarily employment opportunities and we do need to bring new work to 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 calgary but it's actually the provincial politics that weighs heavy on their minds that they feel like they, this is just maybe not the place for them for that reason. I know. And it was a surprise to me too, but I had heard that consistently. And I thought to myself, well, why aren't we making Calgary the place then? Why do we have to be tied to that sort of um, political stigma then? Like, why can't we just be an amazing city to live in? Right? Because we are amazing. And, and a lot of, a lot of young people, this 20 something generation said, like, I love this city, but I just don't like this part about this connection piece about politics. Hmm. I get that. That's no problem. Like let's rebrand ourselves then, right? Like let's market ourselves. Um, you know, like when we think about Austin, Texas, right? We don't necessarily think Texas, we think Austin. Austin's cool, right? They've got a vibe there. They've got a scene there. Yeah. That's what we can do. We can be Calgary, right? Right. So that's how I see that moving forward. Oh, I love it. You're like, I don't like this, this politics thing. I'm going to go do that. 
<laughs> Let's do it. Right. What? Um, yeah. So what? What ultimately drove you to to run? Right? Because you're not a you're not a career politician. You know, I assume it's not like you grew up thinking one day I want to be in municipal politics. And that's like what you have a business that's hard, right? So what what ultimately did drive you to to make a go of this? That's a really good question. So I. Honestly, it's so many things. It's really so many things. So over the last few years, for sure, I think like all of us, right? We've been running our businesses. We've been frustrated with what's been going on. We've talked about it already tonight. We've talked about how uh, the lack of engagement, right? We just haven't really had the meaningful opportunity to speak with the city about the things that really are important to us. And so I felt very frustrated as a business owner, right? It's specifically about taxes and how that was going. And definitely on the backs of our hard work, we've Mm -hmm. been funding extra taxes, business taxes. So there was that, but then also as a resident, and we talked about development already, like that's also a piece in our communities that we are just not having an opportunity to have a say, not a real say, a tangible say. And so all of those things and just, you know, talking to friends and family, not to say we complain a lot, but we were (laughs) complaining a lot. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe instead of complaining, Mm. maybe it's time to just take action. Like if I feel this frustrated and I have a very common sense approach and the things that I was sort of suggesting would be, you know, great ways to move forward. Everyone seemed to think like, yeah, that's a great idea. You Mm. should do that. That's cool. Well, I should do it. (laughs) Then here I am. Well, and it's, it's cool that you say that because we, we kind of heard that earlier this week, like lack of engagement has been a somewhat recurring theme and then going so far as to say that there's so many candidates running for so many whether it's wards or obviously the mayoral race is 27 different candidates and ultimately people think it's probably because people don't feel heard and they're like finally like well what else can i possibly do to finally feel heard and so um i commend that i think that's great thank you on the topic of of taxes Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glad you're asking it. Right? Um, where are you at? Obviously, you know, I think everybody knows where we're at, what the conversation is around residential and non-residential tax, and you felt the pain probably on both sides, but certainly on the business side. And so what does that look like, um, you know, going into Monday and, and as businesses are, if they haven't closed already, which Ernie has said before, there's been 93 businesses on 17th oh yeah and a lot of them a lot of those businesses that closed on 17th were there for longer than five years yeah so it's not like uh some little flash in the pan no and so coming out of the pandemic if the business if somebody hasn't already had to close their business they're maybe months away from doing it and so yeah what does 6 12 18 24 months look like and i think uh everyone's worried and kind of like all right let's see what happens with this whole tax thing Yes, we are all worried for sure. And we should be because mm-hmm. we really do have, we're, we're in crisis mode when it comes to city spending as well, right? So, you know, when we talk about a tax freeze, if that's possible, I think it'd be a really great idea to just pump the brakes, press pause so that we can get to doing the hard work. And so again, something I've been campaigning on and what I've talked a lot about when it comes to taxation. Uh, I'm not an economist, right? And I'll fully admit that I'm a business owner. I look at data, I know how to budget, I know how to you know cover costs and manage all of those things. So I think having skilled folks come to the table, right? Like really getting people around to really evaluate how do we move forward in a taxation model that better serves Calgarians is really important. One of the ideas that I put forward is that I want to 
look at a public-private wage structure. Because what I've heard and what I've, what I've seen so far in, in the, you know, sort of very minimal auditing that I've been able to do just on my own, um, it looks to me like we have some areas of concern where public sector employees are earning a significant, uh, you know, a greater wage, significant greater wage than those in private sector. And that's really not how things are supposed to be, right? Mm. I mean, years ago, the whole point of working, you know, say for the city was that you would have maybe not you, maybe you wouldn't earn the highest paycheck. You'd be paid reasonable, like you'd fair for your work. Sure. Um, but you'd have job security, right? You'd have a retirement pension plan. You'd have, uh, you know, uh, benefits, right? Health and, and dental benefits. So, so you'd have this sort of guarantee of employment and all of these things. So you weren't going to be the person who was going to make the biggest paycheck, but you were certainly going to have all these other things. that Lifestyle you and, choice. Right. That kind of, yeah. yeah. So you sort of roll to, it all yeah. in and it's just like, it's a very sure, it's a very solid way forward. Right. And we've kind of lost the, the plot on that, you know, where it mm. seems like we do have uh, a wage structure that has escalated and moved beyond where private sector is. And probably for good reason, right? We've had economic recession, we've had other downturns, uh, you know, for private business and now COVID. I personally know lots of folks, whether you're small business or work for other private companies, uh, you know, you had to you had to take a cut to keep your job. We're not seeing that at City Council. So I don't mean to say everybody at City Hall should take a pay cut. Yeah. But what I am saying is that we really need to do a fairness assessment and really start a to bring by it. Line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We need to bring that in balance. I can't have you very popular with the unions, though, right now. I'm not looking to be popular. I'm looking to do mm. the work for Calgarians. So right. in my mind, that's the way forward. And that's what we have to do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. OK, great. I, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I, looking to be popular. Right. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. Except for on Monday, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, do want, I, want, I want Calgarians to hear what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I'm here for them. And that's yeah. really what it comes down to. These are our tax dollars. We work hard for those dollars. Yeah. Right. I mean, how they're managed and how that money is spent is really critically important. And we have a responsibility uh, to taxpayers to to do the work that we need to do with that money. So. That's well, how I feel about it. And as a business owner, like you said, you said you're not an economist, you're a business owner. And obviously that means bringing in expert people to help. But at the same time, you know, you said, these are your words, that like you know how to budget, you know how to cut costs. Ultimately, I think what you're saying is that you know how to do more with the same, not necessarily with less, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we can do, we can, we can, I know how to stretch a dollar. We can yeah. do it. Right. But, but this would be a circle back. I mean, I mean, you're talking about hoping to, freeze the commercial property tax and at the same time door knocking um, improve the infrastructure and the roads or the playgrounds in Ward 8, where are you going to get the money for that if we're freezing taxes? Well, we're funding things right now. So there has to be money available currently, right? I'm mm -hmm. just talking about a freeze, not mm -hmm. talking about a, you know, not talking about a reduction. Yep. So there is currently money, um, something that you've probably heard about that's really a contentious issue in Ward 8 is the Richmond Green yep. space, right? Yep. And so that's something that we're talking about from a city perspective. We're being told that there is no money to fund the the repurposing of this, of this regional park. Uh, so, of course, now we've got this green space up for sale and the community... Mm rightfully so has been completely shut out of this of this opportunity to Lack engage right engagement 100 yeah. <laughs> percent, like yeah. fully this is the most obvious example right that that we've seen um but anyways they've come forward with they said okay if this is how it has to be if the city's going to sell this piece of, of, of park space so that we can have the funds to repurpose this uh let us have an opportunity then to really 
bring forward some ideas about maybe which piece of the park we should sell. And again, no opportunity, no, no like they were so just completely dismissed. Where do you stand so. on the Richmond Green? Like, where do you stand on what should be like done with that space? Forward. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the plan and the path forward on, on that space. Yeah, officially, I'm on record for this for sure. I absolutely, if I'm elected city count to city council on Monday, I will I will do everything I can to pause that that sale. Not necessarily because the sale itself is invalid; it very well may be. But mm. the city lost the residents when they were not forthcoming and transparent with them <laughs> about the sale in the first place. Oh. So they already lost. They lost. They lost them right there. Yeah. But in good faith, these these resident the residents of these communities still came forward and said, okay, if you have to sell this piece of parkland, instead of this corner, maybe we could look at this other piece that we feel better serves the community. We could look at cooperative housing and other strategies because Ooh. we know we're, we're, we're at a loss, right? We're at a negative, we're, we're short 15,000 uh, homes for folks right now mm. who need like in, in, in precarious ho- housing situations. So they came forward with some really great ideas absolutely dismissed mm-hmm. so for me i want to pause that sale i want to come back to the community i think that they know best what that park space should look like and how it could continue to serve in their community in the best way and if that means shifting the park uh, space for sale from the five acre parcel in the in the corner and it moves to the ocw play like that's great work right like and that's what i'm talking about that's the kind of counselor that i want to be for the community mm-hmm. yeah cool so Likely something has to happen there. Something needs to change, but let's take just a hot minute, take a breath and, you know, let's see what's going on. So ah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I I think everything needs, there needs to be priority and timing right now on the spends. And I think, well, I don't think this is what we've heard so much in the past six months leading to this election is where's all the money been going, right? And how can we uh, move forward as a city? Uh, But Here's one that here's a topic that's come up BIA. Okay. So, um, you know, for a lot of businesses right now that are, you know, whether it's hospitality or retail that are barely hanging on, it's you're paying, you've got your highest commercial property tax on ward eight and you're paying a BIA fee. You know, you, you have a family, um, and you're moving forward into this position of hopefully counselor. What do you visualize the hours? Is it nine to five, Monday to Friday? Is it Monday to Sunday? Because when we talk about a BIA, the disappointment I had when I was on the BIA, it looked like another bureaucratic step when the alderman should be answerable to every citizen and every business in that area. You know, so, you know, on the business side of things, what would you say to businesses? You know, is BIA positive? Is it negative? Like, you know, is are, are are businesses getting what they need to out of the BIA for the fees that they're paying? So I think that that's really depends on the community that your business is in, right? Because mm-hmm. each BIA does have a director, right? A, a, a position of leadership on the BIA, but everyone else really is a volunteer and they mm-hmm. serve on, they're, mm-hmm. again, they're serving the community because they really want to participate and they want to see good things. And so I think if you have an active BIA, if you like, we 
we are so fortunate on 17th Avenue. We have amazing, amazing business owners who step up all the time and really want to do good work for the community. And we have lots of great events and other things that, uh, that you know, initiatives that come forward through the BIA. And that really is beneficial, right? Because mm-hmm. it brands our, it brands our community as a, as a business friendly, family friendly, you know, uh, place to come shop and work and dine and all these things. Um, but if you have a BIA that maybe is less involved or less active, um, I think you might find that you 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 may question where the where the fees are going to. But I think BIAs, if they're effectively uh, managed and participated, and I think are incredible incredible resources for community. If you became counselor of Ward Eight, would you attend all of the BIA meetings? Not just a seventeenth, a Martin Loop. Uh you know, outdoor, what have you. I'd be honored to attend. Of course I would. I think that's really important. You can't manage what you can't measure. I've Mm -hmm. said that in my campaign many times. If I'm not participating, how will I, how will I know? How will Mm. I know what's really, what's necessary? Because again, each community in Ward 8 is so diverse. Like it's just, it's a beautiful ward. I'm I'm so proud to live in it. Like I I love it so much. Um, But I do know that you, you can't do the work you need to do if you don't know what's going on. Well, as a business owner on Seventeenth, I think that sound that sounds great because I I haven't had the same kind of experience with the BIA on Seventeenth, and that's not that it's been inherently negative. It's just been entirely neutral, right? No one's come. You know, we haven't talked to anybody. Even when we originally reached out, there's maybe some staff changeover and yada yada yada. And so now it's like, well, Ernie and I will just like go do stuff together or what have you. And so I think that combined with the um, lack of engagement of the previous council person, um, you know, is, is left again, me as a business owner as somewhat disenchanted, right. On 17, I'm like, man, this is 17th. And I feel like we contribute greatly to the Avenue and, um, and that's fine. I don't need anyone to necessarily like hold my hand or pump your tires. Yeah. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, I feel like we could add a lot, but at the same time, I'm not going to go just do that on my own. And so to me, it's really encouraging to hear that where it's like, great, you know, this is actually some way to engage and, and potentially make some progress. Yeah. I really respect how you feel about that too, because it is, I mean, because as business owners, right, we are also really busy. We're Mm -hmm. really busy running our companies, right? Doing all the work we need to do, wearing all the hats we need to wear. So really we need to, we need to be able to rely on the BIA in our communities to do the work that we don't have time to do, or maybe from a collective budgeting perspective, even from marketing and those things, like it's a great opportunity Mm -hmm. to really have a, you know, a pooled resource to do the work that we would never be able to do effectively on our own. Oh, absolutely. So there's really great value there. And I think we just really need to harness that and make it available. And you're so right. There are so many amazing people on, on BIAs that, and they're not getting paid $1. It is all volunteer time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I really, I do value all of it. Yeah. So Ward 8, uh, man, so many people running in Ward 8. Um, you know, I, and this is why Alex and I are doing these podcasts because we're getting drilled every day. Like, which way are you guys going to vote or... And our response has been the same to everybody. It's like, you guys should do the research. But the response immediately back is, I don't have that much time to be like looking at every single platform. So for the Ward 8 residents and businesses, you know, if you can encapsulate in just, you know, four points, what are your top four priorities once you get into council? What are the top four priorities for the ward that you would like to get game plan forward now just to confirm are you talking over the next four years yeah i'm I'm talking right as soon as you get in for the next four years yeah what would be the top four priorities for the ward 
So I've kind of looked at this in two ways, right? Like I, I, I've talked about what my first 100 days would look like, and that's, you know, engagement. We have to continue and we need to push forward and make sure that folks know who I am because there are going to be people who wouldn't have voted for me Mm -hmm. and there are going to be folks who did. And that's really important that they all know who I am and that they all know I'm here for them, right? And so that's really important to me. Something else that's really important to me when I talk about environmental leadership, right, is that we do have uh, a plan with the city about how we're going to move forward in our environmental leadership. And I think it's important that we get to work and really evaluate what that looks like so we can start to move forward in that area too. But when I talk about sort of bigger, you know, picture things like four-year things, we do need to talk about red tape reduction for small business and 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 collectively all of us, whether that's, um, you know, permitting times, whether that's, you know, making, uh, you know, permitting process simpler for residents to apply for, say, upgrades to their home, uh, that sort of stuff. I mean, those are the things that we need to get to work on right away, but they take time to implement, right, to figure out how we work forward. So those are the types of things that I think, you know, sort of big picture we've got like a four-year plan and other things we can get to like right away we can start to work on right away mm-hmm. awesome great answers um alex like from your standpoint you know wh- what are you hearing on the end from the from the younger entrepreneurs that are trying to you know get rolling here in the city well you know people people want to be on 17th right people and so that's what i'm most familiar with obviously your ward is is larger than that you know but you know that's that's kind of where we where we know. Um, but I do think that people, when they're when they're touring and looking for a place to set up shop for their business, like at Work Nicer, the stuff that comes up often is is parking, it's safety, it's construction. You know, it, it's transit. Transit sucks. You know that kind of stuff. And so, at the end of the day, you know that it we it's on us to build a bit of a a destination as a company and as a business but you know those are the things that we hear that in a way are somewhat outside of our control Mm -hmm. right and so um yeah to answer your question i think that's what we're hearing so i don't know if you want to speak to any of that yeah i mean when we talk about transit for example i mean we do i've i've had this conversation with you know with again residents at their doors talking about transit and and I don't want to call it the inefficiency of transit, but effectively, I guess it really is, right? And yeah. and that's an area. So when we talk about, you know, there are folks that are on the camp that say we should run, you know, we should run government like a business. And then we have, you know, folks on the other camp that say we should never run government like a business. Like anyone who says that, you know, that that's crazy talk. The city, yeah, we should we should run the city like a business, or we should not run the city like a business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I really take the position that there are parts of the city government that effectively should never be run like a business and there are areas that we should and transit is one of them Mm. that is that is a business i mean we have a product that we're and a service that we're delivering we have a customer who's paying for it and we're and and we're responsible to deliver that service to the customer right so the rider is the customer the transit service is the business and we need to and we have employees right we have we have infrastructure we have we have buses and trains and all the right it's a business and so that's an area where i think we could absolutely do better work and and manage it more like a business right um so definitely i think in that area we have we could improve greatly my tendency would be to agree with you on that i think that anybody who's listening that wouldn't have the chance to ask you know that you know might be like but what about the people who can't afford it like how do you deal with it because i think that's the big thing why i think a lot of people would say transit needs to not be quote unquote be run like a business because of accessibility and affordability and so on and so forth. And so 
Um, I just want to give you the opportunity to uh, touch on that. Yeah, understand. I don't mean that we should change the funding model yeah. of it. I just mean we need to manage it like a business. And so we absolutely still need to provide, you know, uh, low-income transit passes for seniors and students. We need to definitely make mm-hmm. sure that those things are available 100%. I mean, the whole point of public transit is it should be for the public. Yeah. And so we need Everybody. to make it accessible. Yeah, for everyone. For exactly. Everyone. Yeah. Exactly. And I fully and fundamentally believe that that is, that is a key piece of how we move around the city. Folks that care uh, you know, not to drive a car, have that opportunity to get to their work, people who can't afford it or just are, you know, just need, need transit service. We, we need to make that accessible for everyone. So I, yeah, so I'm full, full stop. It's still, still under my watch would be available <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. love it. And I figured you did, you know, figured you should touch on it. So, Thank you. um, yeah, pleasure. So coming into Monday, how are you feeling? You know, like Ernie said, lots of people running, um, tough to tell how tight or not tight of a race it is, but there is a lot of, there is a lot of noise, right? And people are, they're looking at 27 candidates for mayor and however many, you know, eight to 10 candidates for your ward. Plus they've got to decide on daylight savings time and fluoride Fluoride, and whatever else. Right. And so, you know, for you, how are you feeling going into it from, you know, from, I don't know if it's a polling perspective or, or what, or even as a female, but like, like as a female running in this race, how's it been and how are you feeling? Yeah. Going into the last couple of days here. Well, I've been energized to be quite honest. I, that's who I am fundamentally, right? When, when I have more to work towards, when I feel that momentum shift, I, it, it, it feeds my energy. It always has. That's who I am. So when I hear other candidates right now who are just, you know, sort of really tired, you know, they're tired. They can't wait till Monday, sort of like, when is this over? I'm the opposite. I have, I'm of the opinion that we work hard till we work hard till Monday. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I do win. Hopefully I am the counselor because the real hard work starts the first day for me. This isn't even the hard work yet. So if you're tired (laughs) now, what, I don't even know. What are you, what, like, how are you going to manage? Yeah. Right. That's how I look at it. That's the starting line, not the finish line. Absolutely. uh, Are you feeling confident? How's things looking for you in terms of, uh, you know, how do you think the polls are going to shake out on Monday? It's going to be tight. I'm in it. There's no question. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel really good about my, you know, about my position coming into, coming into Monday. So we'll see. I mean, I think what fundamentally folks need to know about me outside of my small business experience, right? That is the leadership piece that I bring, no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. Um, But the community engagement piece for me is so critically important, right? And how I feel about people, right? I care. I care about all people and everyone in the ward and Calgarians too, but specifically Ward 8. You know, this is the place that I've built my life. I've yeah. built both my career and my family life. It matters to me, right? So when when I have someone, a, a resident at a door that I'm knocked on and they want to talk to me about a, let's say a piece of sidewalk or, you know, a, 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 you know, something that needs attention and they're trying to describe to me, you know, over there behind when you walk down the back lane and it's... I know what yep, they're talking about because that this these are my communities too. Mm. I walk these same streets. I've I've lived here. I've worked in these communities, right? So this matters to me, and I think that I think that's where folks are really coming to learn about who I am and what I'm bringing more than just the business leadership. Mm. I'm really bringing the care and concern for everyone, and I really will work the hardest for all Calgarians for sure. I love that, and that would have been one of my next questions: is what is it that people that that you need or you want people to hear that they may yeah. not know, and so. Um, I think that partially answers it. I think we're coming up to a near we're almost end. there. Yeah, I, I think right now, Cornelia. I mean, we want to give you the chance. I mean, 
to get your message out there in the last five minutes here of what Calgarians, I mean, I just touched on a, on a lot of the points, but how would you want to wrap this up? You know, what would your last message be to all Calgarians that are listening right now? Ultimately, it's, it's to know that the work that I would do on city council really would be to serve the needs of the communities. I've, I've never come at this from a, a place of popularity or celebrity or, you know, any of that. That's, that's really, that has nothing to do with any motivation for me. The motivation for me really comes from the best possible place, which is to serve the communities, uh, whether that's our business community, our residential communities, uh, you know, that really for me is it. I really do look at this as being a, a position that is 247. I don't think public service uh, stops you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. I don't even actually know what that looks like. Mm. I mean, let's be honest, right? Yep. I really don't. So that's not new to me. That's not new to me. And to wear many hats and to, you know, and to, and to have a very, you know, hectic schedule and really want to try to meet everybody and do the best I can. That's not new to me. And I feel that that's just a skill set that I also bring, right? So I'm going to be there and I'm going to show up even when it's hard, even when it's maybe not popular, I'm going to be there and I'm going to listen and I'm going to do the work that I need to do. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Well, and I think it's really government, like democracy at its core, as cheesy as that might sound, but it's like live, you live there, you work there, you build a business there, you employ there, and there's change that you want to see. And so you go and do that. And I think that's amazing. Thank so you. thank you for, th- this was great. You know, like I said, as a, I'm not a resident in Ward 8, I'm, I'm in Ward 7, you know, just next door, but obviously as a business owner and spending a great deal of time there. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm looking forward to Monday. Me too. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, pleasure. So if people want to get in touch with you or they want to go and find out more information, what's the best way for them to do that? My website is always available, right? CorneliaWeeb.ca. Cool. Ernie, anything else? No, that was awesome. Cornelia, thanks so much for taking the time. It's, uh, it's always been great having you as a neighbor on the, on the street. But, Likewise. Uh, even better to see you guys have the courage to to run you know run through these campaigns because I know it has not been easy so yeah awesome well that wraps up another chat with the uh, election series of the work in progress podcast make sure you go check out the conversations with other candidates and get out and vote on Monday yeah make sure to get out and vote on Monday let's get out some and vote records. let's yeah. do it thank you both thank you.